Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Podcast. I'm Sonny here, hosting with your boy Caleb. Woo! We want to thank everybody for joining us today. Today is Tuesday. Is that June June first? I think should Let be. Me check the calendar. Yeah, I'm terrible at remembering days. Everything's just kind of kind of flows together. Yeah, yeah. yeah June first. All right, you're listening to today's episode on Tuesday, June first. We are coming to you. This is episode eight. Today we're talking about Lightning Overdrive more. I know we're milking it. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the best decks post Lightning Overdrive. Uh, which decks we think got better? Which decks we think are gonna be at the top of the meta? Uh, we're gonna talk about the most interesting decks Lightning Overdrive. Some decks that have gotten some support. Some decks that are you know saw some are going to see probably more play that you probably should be prepared to see and then we're going to talk uh, a little bit at the end about what our favorite decks of all time are so uh hope you enjoy if you do enjoy please be sure to follow us on twitter at top cut podcast you can follow me at dat chumley you can follow caleb at what's your tag uh, at jam the man 17 right you can you can catch all of this on our twitter account you can find links in the description below and anything that we reference here, we will provide links as best we can. All right. Why don't you take us into it, Caleb? Okay. So to start with, as far as the uh, best X post-lining overdrive, of course, we got Dino, who got a whole new card in Scrap Raptor as a common. A singular card that just kind of breaks the deck. I wouldn't say it breaks it. It, it, it gives it new lines of play that it didn't have access to before, such as Synchroing and Borlo Savage. Yeah, but the new boards, the, the the kind of board that this deck can end on, realistically, can be like a Borlo Savage, a Dolka, a Fornigate Appaloosa, like, all at once. And their UCT. Oh, yeah. Which is insane. The deck could end on a good board before, but the idea of ending with, what is it, three or four negates, well, I guess... Yeah, like three or four negates well, plus a plus a UCT to Book of Moon their whole yeah. field. Well, hold on, because Appaloosa before. I think then, usually it's like a three negate Appaloosa. Okay, yeah, well let's just say it's a three negate, and then one for Borlode Savage, one for Borlode, and then two but, from either Dolka or Logia, depending on which one they go into. Just say Dolka, because that's generally the most common. Yeah. Well, no, because if they already have effect negations through Appaloosa, they can just do Logia. It makes more sense. Again, it all depends on what you're going up against. If you know for a fact that, you're, that that you'll be fine with your four negates, monster fight negates, you could just do uh, logia, logia to kind of help with negating ten keys right. and stuff like that. Or again, it depends on what you're going up against. Do keep in mind, 
it this whole board still dies. Dark Ruler no more. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's because Dark Ruler no more is just kind of one of the best cards in the meta right now. Where at? Because it, it it helps not only with the Dino board, but with some of the other decks we're going to talk about too. And oh yeah, the ability to stop something like that is you know you can't you can't just say the board dies to dark ruler no more yeah as the out for the deck right but i mean what board doesn't just immediately die to dark ruler no more the infinite dark board doesn't eh, that's fair uh, anything that's more trap alliant right so but as far as this dino board and then you also have the abyss dweller to stop anything that they could do in the graveyard too yes yes you still have the option to make instead of logger dulk you still make abyss dweller i mean you can end with like a logger and a dweller and an yeah. Opelousa. i uh, mean it's insane Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, other sense. options is Tornado Dragon. If you expect your opponent to set a bunch of back row. Right. You have a bunch of options you, you got there. Here's a card that I ran that a lot of people didn't. I ran Castell the Sky Blasting Musketeer. Yes. He's and a, he's good. You can look at me and say, that card's been phased out a long time ago. Why would you run that? Because I have seen Mega Clops. And I mean, that's there's no really other way to deal with Mega Clops. Yeah, yeah, it's an auto out to Mega Clops, but it's actually an auto out to a lot of to a lot of it, to a lot of problem cards. It really is. That card's that card's still good. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, there might be. I mean, for any one individual circumstance outside of Mega Clops, there's probably another card that's better. But if you don't have those other cards, he's right. still a good option. I think the versatility there, but. Yeah. Regardless, the main you're very rarely gonna see something like that. The main things you're gonna see are the UCT being able to Book of Moon their whole field, which is, as we'll talk about later, it is insane in this particular meta. The ability to go log your Dolka depending on game situation, the ability to go Borload Savage, you know, whatever you want to do, and Scrap Raptor being able to lengthen your combos and be that extender that puts this deck over the top is why I think that this Dino deck gets so much better. Oh, yeah. I just wish Scrap Chimera wasn't $45 a piece right now. It's only a one-of, at least. Oh, yeah, it's a one-of, but it's a $45 one-of. Yeah. Um, Let's see, the next we got Dragon Link, which were pretty much unchanged. Yeah, pretty much. Um, The thing about Dragon Link is that it didn't really necessarily take any kind of... It didn't get any advantage out of this set but the deck is already so good that you still have to acknowledge that it's post lightning overdrive it's still one of the best decks oh yeah no no it easily um then we have invoke dogmatica shadal just when we say invoke dogmatica shadal we mean any variation therein right invoke shadal dogmatica shadal invoke dogmatica all three Right, some of them tech in a small L Lich engine, whatever. Yeah, ju- just just any that whole branch. Yeah, it, it's it didn't change either. The ability to use Schism to go into Winda, and not just Winda, but the ability to fusion someone on the fly, uh, main decking Super Poly to handle whatever problem cards you need to handle, whether it be breaking a Dragon Link board. Or handling problem cards on your opponent's field, Zeus, whatever. That the ability to do that is insane. It helps a ton. So you know, then also being able to just kind of lock your opponent out of their extra deck. Yeah, I think not actually lock, but kind of a pseudo lock. Yeah, lock. the it it really is a control deck of choice this format, and I think that's not necessarily because the deck is insane. Because the deck is good. The deck is I would consider a top tier deck. Especially in the right hands, it, it, it can be played very well, skillfully. But I think because of the current meta that we're in, it's the control deck of choice. Because of the strength of Winda versus a control matchup. Whereas, if you have something along the lines of... If you're like, okay, for example, in the previous format, where you had VFD, and it was a more control-oriented format... The deck was not as good. But now that we're in such a combo-oriented format, with some of the decks we're going to talk about, as well as the Dino, Dragon Link, Prank Kids, etc., the deck gets better because of Winda and things of that sort. So. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. Next up, we have Outlitch. 
still good representation, but... Well, well, it's still good, but it has low representation. Yeah. So, and this is more... When we say low representation, it might still be a commonly played deck at your locals level, or even if... I know, for example, that yesterday in Mississippi, which is not... It's about a three and a half, four hour drive from where we are. Uh, they had a case tournament over in Mendenhall, and they had... Uh, I talked to a friend that went. I, I didn't. We neither of us went, but uh, I talked to a friend that went, and they said that they saw a pretty high Eldritch representation rate. I know we were looking at the Chalice Line monthly, and they had a high representation rate, but it hasn't been high representation at the Extravaganzas. Take what you will from that. The Extravaganzas are not the end all be all of the format. Of course not. The format's a lot <clears throat> larger than that. But it is the only Konami sanctioned events right now. And that's and that's and that that's you nine times out of ten, that's what Konami uses to determine what gets hit on the ban list and what doesn't. Yeah. So what do you think is the reasoning behind the low representation here? Because um, the decks the deck is a good deck. It's just not seemingly being played a ton. I think part of that, a small part of that is just People are just aren't liking the deck, maybe. Just personal preference changing, that kind of thing. Another possibility is just Um Like maybe everybody's just preferring shit all dogmatica for control. I mean I I've really got It does make sense that if Shadal Dogmatica invoked is the control deck of choice for the format. You obviously have one that's also good, but not the the deck of choice. Yeah. Whether it be just due to you know the player base's personal tastes, um, as a, as opposed to whether or not the which deck is better. Because uh, right. I know you just recently decided you didn't want to play yeah, Elish anymore. Yeah, I was actually running the deck up until very recently, and I pulled it apart. Um, and I think a lot of the reason is that the deck is so grindy for better or worse it's both the best and worst quality of the deck um in my personal opinion yes the eldritch engine can go forever but the issue is it also can in some instances take forever to end a game which can be again a good thing or a bad thing. So, sometimes in Eldritch decks, especially in a mirror match, you'll find that while yes, it is a very skillful and rewarding deck to a good player, it's a very grindy game, and not everybody likes that. So, especially when game one takes forty-five minutes. Yeah, I, I think, I think that the Eldritch engine is a good engine. It's a very skillful engine. It takes a lot of practice and testing with the deck to understand all the interactions, to understand all the chains that, how you know, it on, on something that to a people that somebody that plays Eldritch a lot, something like activate Hakuero and chain Scarlet Sanguine might seem like you know just the normal average play but to somebody that doesn't really play the deck or is trying to learn the deck that's something that you kind of have to figure out because understanding the resolution on the chains understanding how to get the most out of your eldritch traps remembering to activate them in graveyard during the end phase things like that not forgetting that is something that takes some time to get used to so oh yeah no chain chain building is incredibly important with that kind of deck yeah, and with it being such a control-oriented trap deck and it being so slow, it's got a low power ceiling. So, And when I say low power ceiling, and this is um, my definition for this, is kind of something that I picked up from a friend. This is the expected turn to win the game. So, for example, Dino, you expect to win the game turn one. Whether it's you go first on turn zero and build your board, and then they can't respond, and then you OTK them. Or they go first, and you break their board, and then you OTK them. You're winning that game more or less on your first turn. Same thing with Dragonlight. You're either going to put up more of a board than they can handle, 
and win that game turn one, or you're going to OTK them, or that's the goal anyway. Yeah. So, these are decks that have a very high power ceiling. What? But they lose, what they gain in power ceiling, a lot of times they lose in consistency. Whereas the Eldritch deck is incredibly consistent and incredibly grindy, but it loses an enormous amount of power ceiling. You might, your average win the game turn is like maybe five or six, which sounds really fast, but in today's metagame versus decks like Dragon Link and Dino, your power ceiling, where your power ceiling is turn one or two, a deck where your power ceiling is turn five to seven is a bit different. And I think that the Invoke Shadal Dogmatica deck, the power ceiling that you're looking there is like three to four. And I think that that two to three turn difference is the reason that maybe the Invoke Shadal Dogmatica deck is seeing more play. Because it's still control, but it's not. You know. Yeah, that, that, that makes a whole lot of sense. It can it can be control when it needs to be, but then it can also do combo OTK when it's time to do it. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, so moving on. Next up, we got good old Prank Kids. Um, I mean, Prank Kids take a... I mean, the big thing about Prank Kids is that it takes a very experienced pilot to do well. Yeah, and when you're playing against the deck, you have to be able to identify what they're doing before they do it. Yeah, to be able to properly hit what you gotta hit. Right. Um, but I mean, with like a whole lot of decks, you hit that normal, that initial normal summon. That's it. They're done for the turn, anyway. Yeah, and don't get me wrong; they do have follow up plays, but a lot of that deck is predicated on sticking the first monster. They have other plays with like some of their quick play spells and things like that, but stopping the normal and. and just as a disclaimer, I am not experienced against or with Prank Kids. I've never played the deck, and I've only played against the deck once, and I lost. Oh, I've never even played against the deck. Right. So, you know, t- take what we're saying with a bit of a grain of salt. A grain of salt? Don't you mean an entire salt shaker? Well, I think that means you would take a lot of it. If you take a grain, you take a little. So, it, but, not the point. <laughs> I think that... The small amount of experience, it's a good deck. In fact, this is what won that case tournament yesterday. Prank Kids won the whole event. Oh, really now? Yeah. So, we've got wins at... <clears throat> excuse me. We have wins at extravaganzas. We have wins at major events. Wins at locals. Right. Why aren't we considering this one of like the tier one, top tier decks, though? I don't know. That's a good question. I, I think... I think it's because the deck doesn't necessarily kill you on turn zero. Like, set up a board that you can't break on turn zero. Doesn't OTK you on turn one. And therefore, people go, oh, well, it's not a control deck. It's a combo deck, so it's bad. Yeah, I think and that it, could be part of it is that it has a little bit... As a combo deck, it has a little bit lower of a power ceiling than something like Dino. Yeah, but I think it's a subconscious thing that people are doing. Right. As opposed to actively thinking this way yeah and the deck is the deck is a little bit more in my opinion i i could be wrong about this but i think the deck is a little bit more difficult to play than some people might give it credit for because i do think that there's a certain amount of how do you put it what's what's the word i'm looking for um complicate complications the deck is a little bit more Mm, like there's it's just like any other deck in that you have certain combo lines and you have certain combo paths but the some of the okay so it reminds me of the earth machine deck right in that the end board is very unassuming you look at that end board and you're like eh, is it really that good of an end board but the advantage that you've built using that end board is what wins you the game which 10 years ago would have been amazing, but now that we're in so much more of a tempo-based game is not as overwhelming. So the deck builds a lot of advantage, and it builds a lot of interruptions on your turn. Between the fusion monsters that it can summon out, it does have that, but the power ceiling is not quite there, if that makes any sense. 
So, I, it is something that I would like to play more against, though, to get more experience against, because I feel like it is a very good deck. Oh, yeah. Especially post-Lightning Overdrive, because of the way that the format's shaping up. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, the next up, we got Zoo Brigade. Um, that's Tri Brigade, Zodiac. Right. Um, would you count Bird Up in this? No, because I do think Bird Up is a different deck. I think this is more control-oriented, and Bird Up is more combo-oriented. Ah, fair enough. So just straight up uh, Tri-Brigade Zoo. Yeah, I really think Zoo Brigade here is... uh, It's a good deck. Um, (laughs) I've I've had debates with people about whether or not it is actually a good deck, and there are some legitimate points to be made here, which is that Book of Moon just ends your whole career. Oh, yeah, and then uh, Book of Lunar Eclipse even more so. Well... The issue with the deck is that if you can stop their normal summon or get that monster off the field, a lot of time it just ends the turn. Because they don't have a follow-up play. The only special summon they have in the deck is Karas. Other than that, if I don't have another monster in my... If I don't have Karas specifically in my hand to special summon out, and I normal summon a zoo, or I normal summon a, a Tri-Brigade monster... You, the deck doesn't have a follow-up play unless you happen to have several, a bunch of back row in your hand. And then you're just opening yourself up to dying to Twin Twister or to Duster. Yeah. So, it's not oppressive, it's not unfair, and it's not broken, which just means that it's just good. So... Yeah, but yeah, but I mean, but yeah, but I mean, if if you, I mean, if you go go look at the OCG, uh, Zubergate is one of the is the top deck, I think. Yeah, and we had considered doing another OCG metagame report, but at the end of the day, we're TCG players. Yeah, but if you go look at the OCG metagame report, you're still looking at Zubergate taking up over a quarter of their meta, but an enormous amount of that is. Because their meta is so different. They have Crossout Designator. They have Max C. I mean, just that alone, being able to weed out the threats, being able to weed out Droll, weed out Lancia, things like that. Um, not having to worry about decks like Dragon Link, uh, Call by the Grave being at either 2 or 3 over there, so you don't have to worry much about Eldlich. I mean, that makes a difference. Oh, yeah, huge difference. It's a very different metagame over there. The deck is good over here, and it can top a lot of events, and it can win these events. But at the same time, if the format adjusts at all to account for this deck, then the deck's going to struggle again. Because I feel like these tournaments that the deck topped, it took advantage of people not realizing that the deck was going to be there and took the metagame by surprise. But sometimes surprise does not make a deck good. And that, and that's fair. I, I can't think of any uh, any examples, but I'm pretty sure we've seen that in the past where a deck only won this one specific tournament because no one was expecting it. It's very reminiscent of um, what's it, YCS Philadelphia in 2011. Right after the ban list, when Plant Synchro was expected to be a dead deck, and it took probably twelve to fifth to thirteen, twelve to fifteen spots of top cut. Oof! And that was after getting hit with by the ban list. Right. Nobody was expecting that deck to be tier one at that time, and it still was. Yeah. So, but if we were gonna make a a post Lightning Overdrive tier list with these six decks, how, I've got it typed up here. Did, did in your show docs do you have a tier list yeah tier list okay post- well po- okay so that's kind of my tier list how would you do it though because i'm interested to see the differences in what our tier list would be all right fair enough um okay so for tier he- one and tier two just yeah. okay for tier one i personally would actually put dragon link dino and prank kids okay so that would be your three tier one decks yeah and then the tier twos would be eldritch any particular and- order there uh the order I gave. Which was what? I'm sorry. Uh, Dean Link, Dino, Prank Kids. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, the re- now, the reason why... Oh! The reason why I think that think that is entirely due to... Um, yes, Dino's got its thing. Dean Link's got its thing. But 
if you were in a meta of in a vacuum of just those three decks, the prank kids is just not going to be able to keep up because right. it's, it's just going to get stomped on uh, over and over because it can't out the board. Um, I don't know that it's that it can't out the board so much as I feel like its board can be more easily outed by those two decks. That that's yeah, that's what I had meant to say. Okay, I, I had a brain fart moment. Anyway, I'm thinking, you know, a mile a minute. Okay, and then for tier two, it'd be the Eldritch, uh, Invoke Dogmatic, Shadal, Supergate. The actual <laughs> listing being, uh, Invoke Dog, Invoke Dogmatic, Shadal, Eldritch, Supergate in that order. Okay, so I feel like that makes a lot of sense because I feel like the Invoke deck is a little bit better than the Eldritch deck. Uh, and I do feel like Zubrigade is last. So my list, I'll have D-Link number one, Dino number two, and Invoke Dogmatic Shadal number three in tier one. I, I have those three decks as tier one. Um, I still think D-Link is the best deck. Until a ban list comes along and beats it, or until people prove that it's not the best deck, I think it is. Dino has the potential to be the best deck, depending on... How people use the deck with Scrap Raptor, and I think Invoke Dogmatic Ashtal being the best, uh, the best control deck of the format is the reason that it deserves to be tier one. Because I feel like one of the control decks should be tier one. Tier two, I have Eldritch at the top of tier two. Then I have Prank Kids and I have Zubrigade. So I feel like the Prank Kids and Zubrigade drawback of stopping the normal summon stopping the deck is too great to put them in tier one personally which is yeah which is entirely fair i mean um but if you don't then you also have to consider what if your opponent doesn't do that well then they're in for a bad time they're in for a real bad time yeah um but but i mean like the re- whole reason why d-link and dino is in first is in up up you know up at the top up at the top of tier one is entirely due to the fact that even if you stop that, and even if they don't stick that initial monster, like let's just take Dragon Link for example. If they, have, if you, um, let's just say for the sake of argument, you solemn warning the normal summon of the Safer, just for right. sake of argument, then they still have that. Then if they, then if they hard drew into one of their one of the, uh, they hard drew a uh, Black Dragon, they can just immediately go shrug right. go Black Dragon, keep going, let nothing happened. They have the extenders to power through regardless. Exactly. Dinos, on the other chaos hand... Chaos space, whatever. Yeah, chaos space. Dinos just kind of go, cool, you destroyed my dino. Effect. And just keep going anyway. Yeah, I mean, normal summon Ovi. Effect. Book of Moon. Chain Misk. Yeah. Or, I mean, even better. Activate Lost World. Normal summon Ovi Raptor. Effective over Raptor Chain Link one. Effective Lost World Chain Link two to summon a token. Yeah, you can't you can't do anything. Right. You can't Solemn Strike the Raptor because chain blocking, yo. Yeah, chain it's, blocking. The ability to not only chain block, but to turn around and have the blanket, um, protection. The blanket protection from Misk and Lost World, and then to combo off forever and build a ridiculous board. Dino could literally be the best deck this format because of Scrap Raptor. Oh, it very well. It could very well could, but that it, that remains to be seen. Yeah. Um. What about the most interesting deck? So the, we talked about the best decks. What I, I do want to talk for a minute about the most interesting decks, which is, I mean, these might not be the best decks in the format, but they're noteworthy in that. They, how would you put it? They're good, but the issue is that they just can't stand against Dragon Link and right. Dino, and they just they just can't. Yeah. They auto lose. They almost auto lose to those decks. So some of the decks we have here are things like Drytron, Utopia, Trap Tricks, and even the new Plunders. Um, the best of these easily being Drytron. Oh, easily. I mean. They got basically, basically they got a brand new Union Carrier in the form of Mubeta Fafnir. Um, yeah, pretty much. And they got Diviner of the Heralds, who, Jesus Christ, Diviner of the Heralds. The crazy thing about Diviner of the Heralds is that it allows you to. So not only now are you running Herald of the Arclight because you can use it to send Herald of the Arclight, but you can also run things like Intis to get free pops. 
Yup. Um, and then, you know, then immediately go into a Hulk play easily, because she, right. she's a tuner, isn't she? Or no, no, she special uh, summons a tuner. Really? Yeah, like, something about Diviner lets you, I don't remember if she's a tuner... Or How are we Herald... not prepared for this? We need to... What? Yeah, and I think Herald of the Orange Light... Or Herald of the Orange Light's a tuner? Let me double check this. Oh, no, wow. Diviner the Herald, level 2 tuner. Yeah, wow. there we go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. So then you could go into a Halka Fibrax combo. Look who's back, boys. Oh, wow. That's wild. But then... But, I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, So... The only thing holding Drytron back at this point... Was the Ben 10 limit and the Union Carrier ban. Right. So, the, in the OCG, they still have Ben 10 at 3 and they have Union Carrier still. With Her- with Diviner of the Heralds and with a full uh, 3 Ben 10s. Yeah. And the deck is still like... It's tier 1 or so. It's it's uh, it's like, But it's like 3rd place. Yeah, it's behind Zubergate in Virtual World because they still have VFD for some reason. So, but um. Yeah, OCG banned Zexal and Dragoon, kept VFD. For now, I think the next ban list they'll ban him. Well, we'll see. Well, the thing though about Drytron over there is that the ability to cycle of Bentens, you play Vanity's Ruler. I mean. The things that they can do, they don't matter if you just play Max C. They just don't matter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. Dude, the, and the deck dies to uh, Droll. Oh, easily. But, yeah, yeah. no, it very much becomes a case of... But, like, just about every single deck over there becomes a case of, do you accept the Max C challenge? Yeah. But, of course, if you... But, of course, if you get Max C and you have a Max C in hand, you just keep going. And then Max C them on their turn. Yeah. Uh, the other one, so, okay, wait, let's, is Drytron going to be good, or will it just be like a, I mean, how do you feel, how do you view the deck? Oh, I, the deck will be good, don't get me wrong, it's going to be a good deck, but I don't think it's going to be topping anything anytime soon. And even if it does, it won't be like, considered, like, heavy representation, top of the meta, top tier deck. Exactly, it's definitely a deck you want to be prepared for. Um, you know, but, because if you don't prepare for it, you're probably going to lose to it. But you definitely could, yeah. Yeah, but even, but, another issue Drytron's going to have is that even if you don't prepare for it, a lot of the stuff that you would use to prepare for other decks can also hit it. Right. That's another issue it's going to have, but, overall, it's, it'll be, I, I think it'll be fine. Um, it's a good deck, not a great deck, it's good. Right. Very strong, very solid, it'll... Depending upon your, depending upon how good, depending upon what's at your local scene, depending and depending upon how good the players at your locals are, you might even be able to, uh, you know, get run off, run off a couple of tops at your locals with it. You know what this deck reminds me of? What's that? PK. Pure PK or, or PK Fire. Either one. Fair enough. Because that deck is good, it's competitive, and it can win or top events for sure. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have that that insanely high representation rate. And it it just doesn't have that oomph. Yeah, it doesn't have like it just it doesn't show up like it might show up to an event, but it will not just like top in mass. It's a good deck, but it's not like you know top tier. Yeah, it's one of the like if you want to break the table five hundred, it's one of the decks you gotta you gotta beat if you want to get out of table five hundred. I would even say that like to get <clears throat> to get higher up into. Sure, you have to be able to beat that deck, but it's a matter of how do I say this? It's a good deck. I don't know. It's just hard to describe it any other way than it's very good. It's just not top tier great. Yeah, well, but I mean, but I mean, then what qualifies the deck as being good and great? It's just one of those things that I don't think is possible to quantify. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, it, it could have the same representation as Eldritch, which is not a super high representation. But you can look at Eldritch and be like, this is a really good deck. This is one of the best decks in the meta. Yeah, it's got a je ne sais quoi. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's I guess it's all subjective at the end of the day. Yeah, that's going to be a big, big thing. Also, we're not entirely 
intelligent, so <laughs> that's probably also got something to do with it. <laughs> uh, the next one that I want to talk about is Trap Tricks. Um, they have a couple of new monsters, mainly Vesiculo and the new Link monster, whose name is... Is it Kularia? Kularia? Kularia, yep. Kularia. Right. So the Kularia is a Link 2 monster that lets you reset traps after you activate them and recur uh, monsters from the whole normal traps. Whenever you activate a normal a normal right. whole trap card, instead of it going in the graveyard while she's on the field, you just immediately reset it. Right. So activate trap hole resolution, reset the, mo- the card rather than send it to grave. Exactly. You can't use it that turn, but... Right. It, it still gives you another use of the exact same trap card. Right, and the other one, which is the ultra rare effect monster, which is Vesiculo, it you can, it allows you to send a set spell or trap to the graveyard and special summon from your hand. So and first then, off, it's an extender. Right, and then if you control no cards and you spawn trap zone, you can banish it from your graveyard and target a normal whole spell trap in your graveyard and set it to your field. So it allows you to reset your board. If your board gets broken. Oh yeah, or yeah, oh yeah, or if you're just behind and you need that one trap card. Right. Um, specifically something like Grave Jiggers Trap Hole or Trap Tricks Trap Hole Nightmare. Right. Makes it. I think that these cards make it easier to be a splashable engine, but not necessarily like a great deck on its own. It'll be. It'll still be a good deck and it'll be competitive, oh, yeah. but just not top tier. Oh, yeah. And then for those people who like can't Paleozoics, uh, Cambro Raster, um, definitely a big boon for paleozoics yes yeah because uh you can set target a set card in your spell and trap card zones in the graveyard then set a, a paleozoic trap directly from your deck so that that will let you switch out one of your paleozoic trap monsters to the grave without activating in the first place to then set a, a more appropriate for the situation one i wonder if trap tricks paleo would be a playable like combination possibly because they're both uh um, because they're both based around uh, normal traps, um, mm-hmm. but then you also got to remember the amazement archetype does the same thing. True. And I well, I mean, so to, I mean, then you also have Phantom Knights with their Fog Blade. I wonder if there's some kind of like a so you have Invoke Dogmatica Shadal as kind of like a splashable three different archetype deck that just work well together. I wonder if there'd be something there with like Amazement Trap Trick and uh, Paleo. That would May- be interesting. Maybe. Uh, I mean, because, like, the... I mean, because Trap Trick do- only needs, like, what? Three cards out of the extra deck? So that still gives you another 13. Amazement doesn't use the extra deck at all. And Paleo, they use it, but not... I mean, you know. The, hold on. Because that because uh, Paleo's big thing is they're all Aqua Monsters. Right. They, level 2. They can make Totally Awesome into Bahamut Shark. Well, over and no, over. They don't need Bahamut. They just they just go straight into totally awesome. Yeah, like hard make, not cheat. They hard make. Right. Uh, totally awesome. But then they can use it to cheat out Bahamut Shark if they really wanted to. No, no, no. It's the other way around. Bahamut Shark cheats out totally. Oh, thank you. I always yeah, get yeah. I always get that mixed up. Yeah, yeah, no. Totally is an Omni negate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no. They can make totally awesome with their trap monsters, mm-hmm. which are which which trap monsters both showing out of their graveyard. That might be a really interesting control deck. Oh, absolutely. Especially since the amazement administrator Arlequino has fallen a ton in price. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Oh yeah, no. Like it's fell he, in half. Yeah, and he's a. I wouldn't necessarily a mandatory three of, but he's definitely minimum two. I bet that that I bet a deck like that amazement trap tricks paleo would be a fun deck. Oh, uh, oh, absolutely. Just I don't know if co- it would be good or not. I I couldn't build it myself, but I bet it would be fun. Yeah, I mean if I if I had the I mean if I had the funds, I would attempt this because this sounds like it'd be a blast to play it doesn't sound i don't think it would be a super expensive deck i don't have a whole lot of money fair enough <laughs> um the last one that i really want i mean we could talk about plunders they got one new card which is kind of good it allows them to summon one from hand and then add one from grave to hand well okay so like the new plunder patrol monster black eyes the plunder patrol sea guide um, he's the extender that he's one of the extenders that they're missing. The big thing that Planet Patrols are missing right now are the other three ships. Yeah, which um, they're missing three the three of the different um, attributes. Attributes. Um, because they have I think fire, dark, and light right now. So they're missing earth, wind, and dark water. Water, earth, wind, water. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but basically, uh, their whole shtick is we make these ships of different attributes, and then we can use our ships the different attributes 
to do something to your to your opponent's attribute of monsters. Oh, okay. But the issue is that they don't have all the attributes. Right. So they kind of fall behind if they don't have the correct attribute. Which Wait, they that only, makes sense. Yeah, which only have three of them anyway. Um, but the Plunder Patrol Sea Guide is definitely... It's a help for the deck. Oh, yeah, it's definitely a step in the correct direction. The, but the last decent one that we wanted to talk about was Utopia. Utopia, so we didn't quite realize the applications here, but upon watching some replays of some stuff, it's really interesting to see the ZW Eagle Claw and the ZW Pegasus Twin Saber, which can negate monster and trap effects. Uh, Eagle Claw can negate counter traps. Yeah, so what it is is the the negate happens on resolution. As and does... And- Eagle Claw's effect does not activate, first off. Right, so because it does not activate and it triggers on resolution, you can, and it can it can also, it can negate in the middle of a chain. So if your opponent, say, a great example would be that Eldritch example that I brought up earlier. They can Hakuero, Chain, Sanguine. I thought it was Sanguine, Chain, Hakuero. No, it's it's Aquero Chain Sanguine because Sanguine okay. would resolve summoning Eldritch and Aquero would resolve. Okay, okay. Chain. So if you do something like that, then you can on resolution of Sanguine negate it, and then Aquero would summon, but then he can't banish because there's yeah. no Eldritch on field. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Or you can just straight up negate Solemn Judgment, Solemn Strike. Right. Whatever you want. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's worded it's worded strangely to the point to where the Yu-Gi-Ohpedias. So, on Yugopedia, whenever they have a effect description, they kind of say it's an ignition effect or it's a continuous effect. It just says unclassified. Right. Because it's not a trigger. It's not an ignition effect. It doesn't have any triggers. It's just, if you're, it's just this weird pseudo-continuous, if your opponent uh, activates a trap card during its resolution, negate it. Negate its effects. Right. So, the interesting thing about this to me is that... It kind of makes it a splashable engine, huh? Not... It's it's a splashable engine in any deck that can already easily hit rank 4s. And a lot of them. Right. If the deck can easily make rank 4s, then this is a fairly easy splashable engine because the vast majority of the engine is in the extra deck. Oh, I see. Um, because it's all about the Utopias. The ZW monsters, also all, uh, all the high-level ones, all have effects where if your opponent has... Uh, 2,000 more life points than you, you can just splash some of that out of your hand. Oh. And then you can equip them. The other ones, do have a, you do have to normal sum them before you can equip. But the new, um, but the new, uh, I forgot what it's called, Utopia, uh, Utopic, Dragonic, Ray, or whatever. Yeah. It's effect can equip them from the, from the deck. So, that's definitely, um, it makes them less of a garnet. Right. Is it hand or deck or just the deck? Hand or deck. Okay. I think. But I know, but the big deal is it can also pull them out of the deck. Uh, which will let you equip the Pegasus Twin Saber or Eagle Claw. So, if you, so you can splash it if you are, if you can already splash level fours. Yeah. But if you don't have a splashable level four engine to spare, then it's still just underwhelming. Yeah. In its own deck. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no, no, it's, um, well, okay, so like, even with splashing it, you then still have to main the, the rank up, the rank up magic spells, and you still have to main the ZWs to begin with. Right. Which is a problem in and of itself, but, like I said, you have to already be playing a deck that can hit rank fours like it's nothing. Right. So, that'll kind of round us out for the best and the most interesting decks post-Lightning Overdrive. Um... The other thing we kind of wanted to talk about was something that's kind of near and dear to our hearts, which would be our favorite decks of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we've both been playing the game for a very, very long time, and we've both cycled through a ton of different decks, whether it was our main, whether it was a side deck that we were putting together. A pet deck. Pet deck, whatever. We all had our own thing, so... I know for me, when I think of some of the decks that I've played, I think about some of the great options that I have. Because I feel like when I list off the decks I've played, choosing one, I think 
I'm like, okay, well, I've got Black Wings that I played for better or worse when they were all on the ban list. Uh, I played while I was playing Black Wings. I kind of dabbled a little bit in Naturia. I built that deck. It was it was an interesting little control deck. Uh, I've got Hero Beat to, that I could choose from. Uh, I dabbled a little bit in Dino Rabbit. I did play that for a little while. Um, from Dino Rabbit, I after around that same time, I was also playing Machina, like pure. Machina, after the structure deck came out, you could buy three of it, and it was like a full deck. Um, I played Geargea after that, which right around that time I was playing Machina is when the Geargeas came out. And you could literally play the Machina Geargea deck, and it was like a crazy OTK deck. Uh, and then after that, I transitioned into Karakuri Geargea, and shortly after, uh, we left the game. But when I came back... I played Dark Magician, then I went to Dino, got convinced myself Dino was going to get hit on the ban list, so I sold it, that still hasn't happened yet, played Pure Zodiac, then I played uh, Zulich, then I played Lyrilish Tri Brigade, then Zulich again, then now I'm on Zoo Brigade, so, um, but man, I, I can't get over when, I, my favorite deck of all time was Geargea Karakuri. I loved that deck. If it wasn't so power crept, I would probably put it back together. Fair. So, but that, that deck was a lot of fun. It was super versatile. It could combo forever. It could OTK. It could... I mean, that deck deck had a lot of versatility that was very underrated. At the time, anyway. Um, yeah. Okay, so I started with Black Wings we, because we both kind of uh, went to... A local. It was a regional. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it was a regional, and we saw that all the everybody was playing Black Wings, and Got we discovered clap. the meta, blah blah blah. Then we went to a local, and there was a dude there who was so helpful in helping us get into the what he, you know, he explained the others a meta, blah 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 blah. Um, right. Uh, you know, right now a really good deck that's really cheap to build is Black Wings, and he laid out a deck list for us. Uh, even told us where you could go and get the cards for fairly cheap. Right, right. Uh, even right there, tr- uh, just gave us some of the cards we needed because he had 18 copies of them. Yeah, a lot of that deck was really low rarity, as yeah. progression series watchers have noticed. Yeah, um, super helpful, dude. And that's what got us in with. That's why we were both got in with Black Wings. Right. Uh, and then after Black Wings, I moved on to Junk Doppel because I couldn't afford the Glow Up Bulb. And then I got a Glow Up Bulb. Next weekend, the next weekend, the ban list, ban glow up bulb, and plan synchro was killed off right as I had got right as I got and built. So I don't consider myself of ever actually playing plan synchro, but I do consider myself playing a slightly downgraded version of the deck called Junk Doppel. Right. It, it used uh, basically you'd summon Junk Warrior, Fex Special Summon Doppel Warrior, Sing Five, you get two tokens, and then you just keep going. Right. Right. With a uh, Plague Spreader Zombie and Spore. And dandelion, and dandelion, dandelion was another big part of it. But um, the big, but the big combo was junk warrior plus doppel warrior. Right, right. And if I'm not mistaken, so that ban list that you're talking about, where they ban glow up bulb, that was the ban list that upset a lot of people because it's the first ban list that comes to a lot of people's mind when they talk about Konami wanting it being more of a money oriented thing. Ve- yeah, they very specifically targeted to play and, and they did it to push. The stuff that was coming out at the time, which was right around Order of Chaos. So that would be Insectors were releasing, mm-hmm. Windups were getting big, Dino Rabbit was getting big. And we get into what I like to call the the Trinity format, which yeah. is those three decks. That was it. Yep. Rock, paper, scissors. If you're playing one, you lost to the, you, lost, you could easily beat one, but you lost to the other one. Right. It, it, was, it was definitely... It was a very, very expensive format but it was a it was a it was really kind of a skill intensive format oh yeah um so then after that uh that was about the time that they also released the dark world structure deck i bought three of that and that was my deck for a while um, right because that that was still a competitive deck in that yeah era. i was like yeah i can buy through the structure deck uh i already have some of the other pieces that you would need um i'd only have to buy like one or two other cards and i could have the deck right cool whatever um then they released Ka- the chaos dragon structure deck Bought three of that. Yeah, that's that's going to be a common theme is I can just get three of a structure deck and run with it. <laughs> There's uh, nothing then, wrong with that. 
Yeah, then the Chaos Structure deck, Chaos Dragon Structure deck came out, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Wait, to make this competitive, all I need is Future Fusion and Five-Headed Dragon? I already have Future Fusion and Five-Headed Dragon. Yeah. And that was the point when Five-Headed Dragon spiked in price, because all of a sudden, it got to the point where I was in, I was actually at our local, and I went first, I went Activate Future Fusion, and they went, let's go to Game 2. That's all I did was Activate Future Fusion, and they scooped, and went Game 2. Yeah, dude, that, that Cast Dragon deck was really good. I mean, because Future Fusion, uh, they errated Future Fusion, so it doesn't do this anymore. As soon as you activate it, you would mill five, you'd reveal five at a dragon, mill five random dragons, you would right. mill Eclipse Wyvern, Eclipse Wyvern, Light Pulsar, Dark Flare, Dark Flare, and Dad. Oh, no, 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 not Dad. Red MD. Yeah, and Red MD, and then you would banish... When Red MD was not once per turn. Yeah, and then both the Eclipse Wyvern's effects would go off. And you would banish Dad and another dragon. So when Eclipse Wyvern was sent to the graveyard, you'd banish a a uh, dark dark or light dragon out of your graveyard. And then when Eclipse Wyvern got banished, you'd add that card back to hand. Insane. You would immediately activate uh, Light Pulsar's effect to. No, I remember. Yeah, yeah. To banish Eclipse Wyvern and a dark monster to add it back to, to special summon it. You banish when Eclipse Wyverns get Dad to hand, and then there was a way you could just immediately special summon it right there. So with one card, and that that's just a base a base little combo. That deck had a pretty crazy power ceiling. Oh, it, oh yeah, no, you could easily OTK if your opponent did not stop the uh, future fusion. Yeah, that deck, even like during that format, that deck was probably one of the strongest decks of that t- era. Oh yeah, and I had yep, and it was a thirty dollars structure deck and a at the time I want to say fifty dollar uh, five headed dragon because everyone was trying to get them. No, I don't think it was 50, but it wasn't... It got high, but again, it's because everyone was trying to get them because no one kept them. I only kept mine because I just really liked the anime. Yeah. Uh, let's see, then after Chaos Dragon uh, was Six Sam. I bought three of the structure deck. Was the Six Sam structure deck before or after the Chaos Dragon structure deck? Uh, I don't remember, actually. Actually, um... <coughs> um... But I did have both of them. I, I did just buy through the structure deck for both of them. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, after that, uh, Dino Rabbit became, let's say, budget-ish. You could build it for a, you could build it on a budget. Uh, you know, because the because they had Login Dolka Tens just come out. Uh, one of them included Rescue Rabbit himself. Tour guides got reprinted. You were right. You are right. The Dragon's Collide structure deck was February of 2012, and the Six Sam deck was <coughs> June of 2012. There we go. Anyway, um, yeah, okay, so, and then, like, in literally in one, in, in course of about six months, Dino Rabbit went from a $1,000 deck to you could build it for, like, fairly cheap. Login, Dolka both got tens. One mm-hmm. of the tens was guaranteed to have Rescue Rabbit. One, they had a ten that was guaranteed to have Tour Guide. Yeah, and then Tour Guide was also reprinted in the Battle Packs. Yeah, literally within, oh gosh, it had to be three months. The yeah, entire maybe. core of that deck got reprinted. Yeah, the only thing that didn't get reprinted at the time was Saber Source and Kabazal, which were already dirt cheap because they're commons. Right, they were, they were DM era commons. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Then after Dino Rabbit, uh, I switched over. Uh, the Fire King structure deck came out. I was like, okay, this is cool. Um, at the time, though, my pet deck was Hazy Flames, and I was playing those. Right, right. We've talked about this a lot on the pod. Yeah, and then I kind of slowly shifted it over time into, uh, into Fire Kings. And then a good friend of ours pointed out, hey, what's Barong's defense? Two hundred. What's what's this other one's defense? Two hundred. Why aren't you running rekindling? And I slapped myself in the forehead so hard I, I I got knocked backwards. Almost got a concussion out of that one. Yeah, I was like, why am I not? And then that's when I came up with Fire Dog, uh, and it just got ridiculous from there. Yeah. Um, and then that, that was the deck you took to YCS Austin, twenty thirteen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and I was uh, fully expecting to see a bunch of Mermail, and I saw a bunch of Mermail. Nobody else seemingly did. But yeah, you did. I, I think I, I think because I think because I was running Fire Kings, I just attracted them all to me. Uh, then after that, I built Medolce, um, right when Angeli came out. Right. Because I already had all the stuff for it before. I just didn't have Angelis. 
I eventually got them. Built the deck. The one deck, the one card that I, I just have this recollection of you really struggling to get because it was about a forty dollar card at the time was Pudding Sess. Yes, and I yeah not yeah and I, I I remember picking those up for you. No, it was Angelis you picked up for me. Are you sure? I'm telling you, I really think it was Pudding Sess. No 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 no, you picked up my new Pudding Sess. You picked up the Angelis for me before. It was all three Angelis came from you. Okay, sure. Um, I don't know the deck like you do, so I do. Uh, it, it's it's easily one of my more favorite decks. Just just I just because I like the I like the design. Right. I like the way the deck plays. Anyway, so then um so then I, I was I remember I was sitting there complaining to someone that oh man I just really need to get this. I mean I you know I've been having such you know these issues getting uh putting sess on his opening packs, and I pulled a pudding sess. Oh, that's funny. While complaining about not being able to get a pudding sess. Welp, RIP, there it is. Found it. And I was like, oh, wonderful. And then I pulled an ulti TRMSU. And I was like, that's when I got out of the game. Because my deck got stolen. Um, Came back in. Because you were like, hey, you should get in. You should totally get in the game. It's cheap now. It's cheap to get in the game now. I lied. It was not cheap. I got three of the shit all structure deck. And, uh... And then later bought a cross sheep, and uh, then later sp- spent some cash and got a uh, D Link. Yeah, it's it's an interesting path into the game now because there's a few decks that are like good budget meta decks. And if you're not playing one of those, then when you get back to the game, you kind of play in jank. So, but you listed all those decks. Which one's your favorite? Ah. Uh. It's either going to be Chaos Dragon, because I enjoy swinging around big dragons with high attack stats. Mm-hmm. Um, Medulce, just because I love the way the deck plays. Mm-hmm. To Fire Kings, because the Garunix Neftes loop. Yep, I remember. I Yeah, we've heard that story. It's it's fun. So, okay, but you got to choose one. And I know what you put in your notes, but the excitement that you got yeah. talking about another one makes me yeah, believe you I might know. change it. It's... Again, it's a toss-up. But if I had, but if it was a case of you can build one at full power, what would I build? It'd probably be Medulce. Okay, because see, in the notes, when yeah, we were I, doing I, show notes. Yeah, I said Chaos Dragon. Yeah, you're like, oh, it's Chaos Dragon for sure. And then yeah. while you're over here reminiscing about Medulce, you started smiling yeah. more, and you started getting a little happier. Yeah, God, Medulces are so much fun. Yeah. All I need for all I need to have that deck built now is a bunch of one and two ofs. Yeah. Salons, tickets, promenade, things like that. Yeah. Uh, I need like one more uh, queen. I can. I have that. Yeah. But you won't trade it to me. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll work something out eventually. Um. You know, I need like uh two more Magellans, which are cheap. I just gotta find them. One uh one more Angeli. Just gotta find them. Right, right. It's, it's, it's something that people don't keep them in their trade binders. Exactly, because not a lot of people are playing the deck now. Right. It's a good deck, even now, but not very many people are playing it. Yeah. Well, that is going to wrap us up. Uh, for, for for once, we kept it under an hour. Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. For once, we didn't meander around. Yeah, so thanks, everybody, for listening. Be sure to catch us Friday... When we post the next episode, we are here every Tuesday and Friday. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts. You know, we're trying to get on Apple Podcasts, but they are being very honorary. So hopefully we'll be there soon. But in the meantime, be sure to follow us on Twitter at TopCutPod, at DatChumley, at JamTheMan17. Be sure to check us out. Friday we're going to be talking about the Chalice Line Monthly. And we're going to be talking about the Animation Chronicles, maybe some other stuff. We're not entirely sure yet. But... Leave us a review. It helps. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast or follow us on whatever platform. That way you get updates, letting us letting you know when we've posted. And be sure to reach out to us on Twitter, Reddit, whatever, and tell us what you think. We want to hear your opinions. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear you tell us we were wrong so we can correct ourselves. Uh, just like, actually, this reminds me. It's not in the show notes. I just remembered it. Uh, we did have a listener tell us that we were very wrong in our last episode. About Book of Lunar Eclipse. Oh, yes, yes. It's not 
up to two cards, up to flip two face of monsters. Up, to, it's not up to two; it's exactly two, which makes the card significantly worse. We were wrong. That card's not good. Don't don't listen to us on that. That was yes, because if you yes, because we you, compared yeah. it to Twin Twisters, it is nothing like Twin Twisters. Yeah, uh, the big the big reason why that's a big deal is because if you do activate, uh, if your opponent has two monsters and you activate that, targeting both monsters, your opponent removes one of those monsters. The card fizzles. Yeah, it's not. It's. Um, it's tragic. Yeah, example of Trident popping itself. Right. So if they have two monsters and Dry and one of them is Trident and you, they use Trident to pop itself or the other monster. Yeah. Uh, the card then can fizzle. it does nothing. So yeah, that, that, that's yeah. We do less than ideal. Yeah, we do appreciate the correction. Yeah, because I knew we were forgetting something about that card. Yeah, I was like, man, this card seems wild, <laughs> but no, nobody likes it. Why? That's why. That's yeah. why. It's not good. That's why. Yeah, like I said, I knew we were forgetting something. I was like, what are we forgetting about this card? Yeah, the ability for Twin Twister to do up to two versus Book of Lunar Eclipse, which has to do exactly two, is a big distinction. Mm Mm-hmm. So, thank you again, everybody. Please be sure to reach out to us. Tell us what you think. Follow us. And we love you all. (laughs) We love you all so much. Take care, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.